Section 14, Volume 5 of The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 5, Section 14. When it was the four hundred and ninth night, she said, it hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Ishak of Mosul thus continued. Now, when I had finished my verse, there was not one of the company but sprang from his place and sat down like schoolboys before me, saying, Allah upon thee, O our Lord, sing us another song. With pleasure, said I, and playing another measure in masterly fashion, sang thereto these couplets. O thou whose heart is melted down by force of Amor's fire, and griefs from every side against thy happiness conspire unlawful is that he who pierced my vitals with his shaft my blood between my midriff and my breastbone he desire twas plain upon our severance day that he had set his mind on an eternal parting moved by tongue of envious liar he sheds my blood he ne'er had shed except by wound of love Will none demand my blood of him, my wreck of him require? When I had made an end of this song, there was not one of them but rose to his feet and threw himself upon the ground for excess of delight. Then I cast the lute from my hand, but they said, Allah upon thee, do not this wise, but let us hear another song, so Allah Almighty increase thee of his bounty. Replied I, O folk, I will sing you another song, and another, and another, and will tell you who I am. I am Ishak bin Ibrahim al-Musali, and by Allah I bear myself proudly to the caliph when he seeketh me. Ye have today made me hear abuse from an unmannerly carl such as I loathe, and by Allah I will not speak a word nor sit with you, till ye put yonder quarrelsome churl out from among you. Quoth the fellow's companion to him, This is what I warned thee against, fearing for thy good name. So they hent him by the hand and thrust him out. And I took the lute and sang over again the songs of my own composing which the damsel had sung. Then I whispered the host that she had taken my heart and that I had no patience to abstain from her. Quoth he, She is thine on one condition. I asked, What is that? And he answered, It is that thou abide with me a month when the damsel and all belonging to her of raiment and jewelry shall be thine. I rejoined, It is well, I will do this. So I tarried with him a whole month, whilst none knew where I was, and the caliph sought me everywhere, but could come by no news of me. And at the end of this time the merchant delivered to me the damsel, together with all that pertained to her of things of price, and an eunuch to attend upon her. So I brought all that to my lodging, feeling as I were lord of the whole world, for exceeding the light in her. Then I rode forthright to Al-Mamun, and when I stood in the presence, he said, Woe to thee, O Ishak, where hast thou been? So I acquainted him with the story, and he said, Bring me that man at once. Thereupon I told him where he lived, and he sent and fetched me and questioned him of the case. When he repeated the story, and the caliph said to him, Thou art a man of right, generous mind, and it is only fitting that thou be aided in thy generosity. 
Then he ordered him an hundred thousand dirhams, and said to me, O Ishak, bring the damsel before me. So I brought her to him, and she sang and delighted him, and being greatly gladdened by her, he said to me, I appoint her turn of service every Thursday, when she must come and sing to me from behind the curtain. And he ordered her fifty thousand dirhams, so by Allah I profited both myself and others by my ride. And amongst the tales they tell is one of the three unfortunate lovers. Quoth Al-Utbi I was sitting one day with a company of educated men telling stories of the folk, when the talk turned upon legends of lovers, and each of us said his say thereant. Now there was in our company an old man who remained silent till all had spoken and had no more to say, when, quoth he, Shall I tell you a thing the like of which you never heard? No, never? Yes, quoth we. And he said, Know then that I had a daughter who loved a youth, but we knew it not. While the youth loved a singing girl, who in her turn loved my daughter. One day I was present at an assembly wherein were also the youth. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the four hundred and tenth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the shaykh continued. One day I was present at an assembly wherein were also the youth and the singing girl, and she chanted to us these couplets. Prove how love bringeth low, lover those tears that run lowering him still the more, when pity finds he none. Cried the youth, By Allah thou hast said well, O my mistress. Dost thou incite me to die? Answered the girl from behind the curtain, Yes, if thou be a true lover. So he laid his head on a cushion and closed his eyes. And when the cup came round to him, we shook him, and behold, he was dead. Therewith we all flocked to him, and our pleasure was troubled, and we grieved and broke up at once. When I came home, my people took in bad part my returning before the appointed time, and I told them what had befallen the youth, thinking that thereby I should greatly surprise them. My daughter heard my words, and rising, went from the sitting-chamber into another, whither I followed her, and found her lying with her head on a cushion, even as I had told of the young man. So I shook her, and lo, she was dead. Then we laid her out, and set forth next morning to bury her, whilst the friends of the young man set forth in like guise to bury him. As we were on the way to the burial place, we met a third funeral, and asking whose it was, were told that it was that of the singing girl, who, hearing of my daughter's death, had done even as she did, and was dead. So we buried them all three on one day, and this is the rarest tale that ever was heard of lovers. And they also tell a tale of How Abu Hassan Break Wind They recount that in the city Kaukaban of Al-Yaman there was a man of the Fazli tribe, who had left Badawi life and become a townsman for many years, and was a merchant of the most opulent merchants. His wife had deceased when both were young, and his friends were instant with him to marry again, ever quoting to him the words of the poet, Go gossip, re-wed thee, for prime draweth near. A wife is an almanac, good for the year. So being weary of contention, Abu Hassan entered into negotiations with the old women who procure matches, and married a maid like Canopus, when he hangeth over the seas of Al-Hind. He made high festival, therefore, 
bidding to the wedding banquet kith and kin olima and fakirs friends and foes and all his acquaintances of that countryside the whole house was thrown open to feasting there were rices of five several colors and sherbets of as many more and kids stuffed with walnuts and almonds and pistachios and a camel colt roasted whole so they ate and drank and made mirth and merriment and the bride was displayed in her seven dresses and one more to the women who could not take their eyes off her at last the bridegroom was summoned to the chamber where she sat enthroned and he rose slowly and with dignity from his divan but in so doing for that he was over full of meat and drink lo and behold he let fly a fart great and terrible thereupon each guest turned to his neighbor and talked aloud and made as though he had heard nothing fearing for his life but a consuming fire was lit in abu hassan's heart so he pretended a call of nature and in lieu of seeking the bride chamber he went down to the house court and saddled his mare and rode off weeping bitterly through the shadow of the night in time he reached lahaj where he found a ship ready to sail for india so he shipped on board and made calicut of malabar here he met with many arabs especially hazramis who recommended him to the king and this king who is a kafir trusted him and advanced him to the captainship of his body guard he remained ten years in all solace and delight of life at the end of which time he was seized with homesickness and the longing to behold his native land was that of a lover pining for his beloved and he came near to die of yearning desire but his appointed day had not dawned so after taking the first bath of health he left the king without leave and in due course landed at makala of hazramat here he donned the rags of a religious and keeping his name and case secret fared for cockabon afoot enduring a thousand hardships of hunger thirst and fatigue and braving a thousand dangers from the lion the snake and the ghoul but when he drew near his old home he looked down upon it from the hills with brimming eyes and said in himself haply they might know thee so i will wander about the outskirts and hearken to the folk allah grant that my case be not remembered by them he listened carefully for seven nights and seven days till it so chanced that as he was sitting at the door of a hut he heard the voice of a young girl saying o oh, my mother tell me the day when i was born for such an one of my companions is about to take an omen for me and the mother answered thou was born o my daughter on the very night when abu hassan farted now the listener no sooner heard these words than he rose up from the bench and fled away saying to himself verily thy fart hath become a date which shall last for ever and ever even as the poet said as long as palms shall shift the flower as long as palms shall sift the flower and he ceased not travelling and voyaging and returned to india and there abode in self-exile till he died and the mercy of allah be upon him and they tell another story of the lovers of the banu tai Kasim, son of Adi, was wont to relate that a man of the Banu Tamim spoke as follows. I went out one day in search of an estray, and coming to the waters of the Banu Tay, saw two companies of people near one another, and behold, those of one company were disputing among themselves even as the other. 
So I watched them and observed in one of the companies a youth wasted with sickness, as he were a worn-out, dried-up water-skin. And as I looked on him, lo, he repeated these couplets. What ails the beauty she returneth not? Is beauty's irk or grudging to my lot? I sickened, and my friends all came to call. What stayed thee calling with a friendly knot? Hadst thou been sick, I had come running fast. To thee nor threats had kept me from the spot. Mid them I miss thee, and I lie alone. Sweetheart, to lose thy love, sad loss I wot. His words were heard by a damsel in the other company, who hastened towards him, and when her people followed her, she fought them off. Then the youth caught sight of her, and sprang up and ran towards her, whilst the people of his party ran after him and laid hold of him. However, he hailed and freed himself from them, and she in like manner loosed herself, and when they were free, each ran to other, and meeting between the two parties, embraced and fell dead upon the ground. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the four hundred and eleventh night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the young man and the maid met between the two parties, and embraced, and both fell dead upon the ground, whereat came there out an old man from one of the tents, and stood over them, exclaiming, Verily we are Allah's, and unto him we are returning. Then weeping sore, he said, Allah hath ruth on you both. By the Almighty, though you were not united in your lives, I will at least unite you after your deaths. And he bade lay them out, so they washed them and shrouded them in one shroud, and dug for them one grave, and prayed one prayer over them both, and buried them in one tomb. Nor was there man or woman in the two parties, but I saw weeping over them and buffeting their faces. Then I questioned the sheikh of them, and he said, She was my daughter, and he my brother's son, and love brought them to the pass thou seest. I exclaimed, Allah amend thee, but why didst thou not marry them to each other? Quoth he, I feared shame and dishonor, and now I am fallen into both. And they tell a tale of the mad lover. Quoth Abu Labas al-Mubarad, I set out one day with a company to al-Barid on an occasion, and coming to the monastery of Hirakal, we alighted in its shade. Presently a man came out to us and said, There are madmen in the monastery, and amongst them one who speaketh wisdom. If ye saw him, ye would marvel at his speech. So we arose all and went into the monastery, where we saw a man seated on a skin mat in one of the cells, with bare head and eyes intently fixed upon the wall. We saluted him, and he returned our salam without looking at us, and one said to us, Repeat some verses to him, for when he heareth verse he speaketh. So I repeated these two couplets. O best of race, to whom gave Hawa boon of birth, except for thee the world were neither sweet nor fair. Thou art he whose face by Allah shown to man, doth ward off death, decay, and hoary hair. When he heard from me this praise of the apostle, he turned towards us and repeated these lines. Well, Allah wotteth I am sorely plagued, nor can I show my pain to human sight. 
Two souls have I, one soul is here contained, while other woneth in another sight. Meseems the absent souls like present soul, and that she suffers what to me is dight. Then he asked us, Have I said well or said ill? And we answered, Thou hast said the clean contrary of ill, well, and right well. Then he put out his hand to a stone that was by him, and took it up. Whereupon, thinking he would throw it at us, we fled from him. But he fell to beating upon his breast there with violent blows, and said to us, Fear not, but draw near, and hear somewhat from me, and receive it from me. So we came back, and he repeated these couplets. When they made their camel's yellow-white kneel down at dawning gray, they mounted her on crooper, and the camel went his way. Mine eyeballs through the prison wall beheld them, and I cried with streaming eyelids and a heart that burned in dire dismay, O camel driver, turn thy beast, that I farewell my love. In parting and farewelling her I see my doomed day. I'm faithful to my vows of love, which I have never broke. Would heaven I kenned what they have done with vows that vowed they. Then he looked at me and said, Say me, dost thou know what they did? Answered I, Yes, they are dead. Almighty Allah have mercy on them. At this his face changed, and he sprang to his feet and cried out, How knowest thou they be dead? And I replied, Were they alive, they had not left thee thus. Quoth he, By Allah thou art right, and I care not to live after them. Then his side muscles quivered, and he fell on his face, and we ran up to him and shook him and found him dead. The mercy of the Almighty be on him. At this we marveled and mourned for him, and, sore mourning, laid him out and buried him. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the four hundred and twelfth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that al Mubarad thus continued. When the man fell, we mourned over him with sore mourning, and laid him out and buried him. And when I returned to Baghdad and went into the Caliph al-Mutawakil, he saw the trace of tears on my face and said to me, What is this? So I told him what had passed, and it was grievous to him, and he cried, What moved thee to deal thus with him? By Allah, if I thought thou didst not repent it and regret him, I would punish thee therefore. And he mourned for him the rest of the day. And amongst the tales they tell is one of the prior who became a Muslim. Quoth Abu Bakir Muhammad ibn al-Anbari, I once left Anbar on a journey to Amuriyah, where there came out to me the prior of the monastery and superior of the monkery, Abd al-Masihite, and brought me into the building. There I found forty religious who entertained me that night with fair guest right, and I left them after seeing among them such diligence in adoration and devotion as I never beheld the like of in any others. Next day I farewelled them and fared forth, and, after doing my business at Amuriyah, I returned to my home at Anbar. And next year I made pilgrimage to Mecca, and as I was circumambulating the holy house, I saw Abd al-Masi, the monk also compassing the Kaaba, and with him five of his fellows, the shavelings. 
Now when I was sure that it was indeed he, I accosted him, saying, Art thou not Abd al-Masih, the religious? And he replied, Nay, I am Abdallah, the desirous. Therewith I fell to kissing his gray hairs and shedding tears. Then taking him by the hand, I led him aside into a corner of the temple and said to him, Tell me the cause of thy conversion to al-Islam. And he made reply, Verily, twas a wonder of wonders, and befell thus. A company of Muslim devotees came to the village wherein is our convent, and sent a youth to buy them food. He saw in the market a Christian damsel selling bread, who was of the fairest of women, and he was struck at first sight with such love of her, that his senses failed him, and he fell on his face in a fainting fit. When he revived, he returned to his companions, and told them what had befallen him, saying, Go ye about your business, I may not go with you. They chided him and exhorted him, but he paid no heed to them. So they left him whilst he entered the village and seated himself at the door of the woman's booth. She asked him what he wanted, and he told her that he was in love with her, whereupon she turned from him. But he abode in his place three days without tasting food, keeping his eyes fixed on her face. Now when as she saw that he departed not from her, she went to her people and acquainted them with his case, and they set on him the village boys, who stoned him and bruised his ribs and broke his head. But for all this he would not budge. Then the villagers took counsel together to slay him. But a man of them came to me and told me of his case, and I went to him and found him lying prostrate on the ground. So I wiped the blood from his face and carried him to the convent, and dressed his wounds, and there he abode with me fourteen days. But as soon as he could walk, he left the monastery. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 14